Blog Talk Radio. Morning, pet lovers everywhere, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Maria Hewlett, and I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. This morning, Lee Merriweather from Pet Honoring will be stopping by to talk about special memorials for pets and support for those who have recently lost a beloved companion animal. This is a good topic, and we do try to cover it periodically because it affects us all at some point, and it's good to know what resources are out there. After our halftime break, Marianne Dell has a new batch of books that she's reviewed, and those are always lots of fun. So stay right where you are, and we'll get started after a very quick break here on K Mozart. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'd like to welcome Lee Merriweather to the program. Good morning, Lee. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to have you here because you have a very wonderful organization. Um, It's called Pet Honoring. Is that correct? Yes. Tell me a little bit about, well, the history and and what you do and how it got started and all that good stuff. Well, um, the organization is here to help, uh, largely help people with pet loss. Um, There's not really a lot out there, and pet Grief from pet loss is, is very real, and it, it's That's something true. that we all go through, mm-hmm. and we don't have the same kind of things in place for pets as we do for, for humans. And it started when I lost my dog, Kelsey. It just felt empty. Oh, yeah, I know how that goes. They're yeah. so much part of the family, and, and they really are best friends for so many people. And and to lose your best friend and, and not know how to react because... So often society doesn't really expect you to have any more of a reaction than, you know, if you lost a shoe, you know. <laughs> this is true. This is true. A lot of people say it's just a pet. Go and get another one. Yeah, yeah and it, it, they don't understand. A lot of people don't understand that it's a relationship, and love is love. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't discriminate. So exactly. feelings of grief are very real. So what exactly does pet honoring do? Well, part of um, when you grieve, a lot of times you need closure or a way to give back. Mm-hmm. And um, pet honoring offers pet honoring ceremonies, um, similar to pet memorials. Um, I can do these in person, but I can also do them, I can hold an honoring ceremony for a pet, customized, record it, and send it to the person. What's involved in that? Does the pet owner provide you with photographs throughout the pet's life and and you put together a nice video presentation, uh, sort of an in-memoriam type of presentation that shows some of the spotlights of their life and set to music? Is that what I'm thinking? Am I wrong? Um, It's it's very similar to what you were describing, except it's not a video presentation. It's an audio. Oh, okay. Um, I do ask for pictures of the pet, and I'll have a consult with the person to talk with them about their pet, what their pet means to them, and really get to the essence of that relationship and highlight highlight that in a ceremony 
which is recorded, and I'll also send them a picture of the ceremony table. But this gives them a way to listen to something, to go through something, to have an honoring, to say thank you. It gives them their own private time to say messages to the to the pet, and it 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 really feels good to say thank you and to give back and to have this kind of um, experience after pet loss. So in a way, you're sort of serving as perhaps a minister who's providing a eulogy? Um, It's similar to what you would think of as a memorial ceremony. Okay. Just the focus is on honoring and um, having that sacred time and that moment of honoring and um, recognizing, you know, blessing this relationship and all of the qualities that the pet, you know, the gifts, everything that the pet gave you in, in their life. Okay. And you feel that this is very healing for the pet owner. Why is that? Well, I think it's very healing because it's a way, one, to give back to the pet because you honor and bless their soul. It also helps provide closure because we don't have this in place for pets, you know, like we do for people with a a funeral or another type of memorial um, ceremony. And it gives them a way to also connect with the pet on a more positive um, level of doing that honoring and thanking. I see. If someone wants to hold their own ceremony but doesn't know how, can you walk me through that process of how you could help? Sure. There are a lot of different um, services and ways to meet the needs of the individual. Some people want to hold their own and but just don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, and we provide kits. The kits contain everything that they need, um, candles, uh, ceremony cloth, picture frame, and it even comes with a script that they can follow mm-hmm. or they can alter or adapt to themselves. And they can do this in their own time and in their own um, space. And um, it provides the structure and the framework to do that. You know, I think this is really important, especially for children. I know that in the past when my kids were little and and we lost a very special pet, a lot of times losing a pet is the very first experience that kids have with losing a loved one. And to trivialize it and and just say, well, we'll just go get another fluffy, it's just so inappropriate because kids really, really are affected by the loss of a pet. It's yes. their best friend. A lot of times their their pets sleep with them at night and snuggle, and they're there when they're sad or lonely or whatever else. So to lose a pet is just really devastating. And it's important to give them that opportunity to say goodbye in their own way yes. and to understand that the way they're feeling is normal and is okay and and it's all right to be sad and... And to remember your pet and have every child participate in something like that, it it helps them heal. And if you don't allow that, it can really do some damage. Absolutely. It it validates their feelings. It helps them feel that, yes, this pet was a valuable part of my life, and um, I can, you know, transition through this a lot better if you have things in place to, to help them. And the kits are really good for that. Families can do those together. Or, you know, the audio. Um, you know, I can create a, a, a pet honoring ceremony and then they can play it for the family and they can light a candle and have the picture and, you know, it gives them that moment of um, honoring, of thanking, of closure, of 
of doing something really nice and good. That sounds excellent. You offer phone sessions, too. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, People, a lot of people grieve, and when they grieve, they grieve alone because they don't feel their friends or family really understand how important this pet is to them Mm -hmm. and was to them in their life and how much they love them. And so for people that want someone with them um, and to have that space to, to be understood and to have that space, I can do these sessions on the phone with them. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Do you have a website where somebody can read more about this? Absolutely. It's www.pethonoring.com. All one word. All any, one word. Any capitalization we have to worry about? Nope. Okay, so www.pethonoring.com, and then you could read more about the services and and some of the testimonials of some of your clients, right? Absolutely, and people can always call me with questions. I'll be happy to answer, chat with somebody about what they need or want or what more is involved. Okay, and why do you do this work? What what drew you to this? I do it because I love the relationship between pet and person. I think it's really special. I think what pets give us is a lot, and um, it's a way to to honor them and to help people honor them and to help people uh, transition in a more healthy way through grief so that they're not sad. Okay. Do you have a background possibly in ministry? I do. I'm an ordained non-denominational reverend, also Reiki master. Okay. And you're an avid animal lover, too. I I can tell. I can tell. Now, you have a United Pet Honoring Ceremony a couple times a year. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. This is a way for people to have their pet honored. Um, I collect pet names, pictures um, from all over the U.S., from other countries, Norway. People send in names and pictures of their pets to be honored in the ceremony. And I do a group united ceremony. There's no charge to send uh, a pet's name in. And this gives people a way to know that something nice has been done for their pet, that they've been blessed, that um, it it gives something back. And so people can participate in this. And I do this several times a year. Information is also on the website about the United Pet Honoring Ceremony. The next one's in June. Okay. And I think I read somewhere that it's June 9th, right? Yes. And isn't that World Pet Day? It is World Pet Day. <laughs> well, that's a nice coincidence. Yes. Lee, how many pets have you had, would you figure, in your life? I have had five. Five? Oh, wow. Not yeah. very many. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I, about all the pets I've had over my years, and, and uh, I think I don't, I can't even count how many I've had really quickly in my head. Um, but I always have way too many pets at my house. Like right now I have two dogs, three cats, a parrot, and a whole bunch of fish. <laughs> yes, I, and, and that's the goal for me one day is to have a big farm where I can have all of them. I had a traveling job um, prior to doing this, and so it was harder to have uh, more than one. You know, my very first experience with pet loss was my very first kitty. She was actually... Uh, in my family before I was in my family, mm-hmm. and I tell you, she was my absolute best friend, and she was very protective of me when I was a baby, and 
and I just loved her. I would dress her up in my doll clothes, and I would push her around in a mm. stroller, and even though she would sit there with the most disgusted look on her face, like, <laughs> I can't believe you've done this to me, she would put up with it, and then I'd take all the crazy clothes off her, and then she would purr and be happy, and she snuggled with me every night, and she was just... She was my rock. When things were difficult to deal with, she was right there for me. And I just, you know, when when I found out that she was going to have to be euthanized because she had a terminal illness and she was really suffering in the end, it was so, so hard for me. Yeah. And I tell you, to this day, it's still painful. Yeah. And my parents, as much as they were huge animal lovers, I don't think they realized how devastating it was for me to lose her and and they tried to make it seem like you know it's it's okay we'll just we'll get another kitty and and that sort of thing and they never actually gave me the opportunity to to really grieve over her and wrap things up emotionally and yeah. and I I'm glad to know that people like you are out there helping people and and hopefully helping kids too because this really is an important thing, and, and even as adults who lose their pets, especially adults who live alone and, and have pets that are their sole, you know, living mates, it's tough. Yeah. And when you have a society that just kind of mocks you for being sad. It makes you feel bad. Yeah, it does. And, and it, yeah. Yeah, so this is a real, real wonderful program that you're doing, and I'd love to read some of the testimonials, so I'm going to go zip over to your web- website after the show. Let's remind our listeners what that website is one more time. It's PetHonoring.com. Okay, that's real easy. And do you have a Facebook page also? I do. It's Pet Honoring, Facebook slash Pet Honoring. Excellent. Well, again, Lee, this is really good information. I'm glad you were able to present it all with such compassion today, and thanks for coming on the show. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Marie. Thank you, everyone out there. We need to take a very quick pet place break, but when we return, Marianne Dill has a brand new batch of pet-related books that she's just reviewed, and she's champing out the bit to tell us all about them, so stay right where you are, and we'll be right back with more Pet Place on K-Mozart. Back on the Pet Place Radio Show, I'd like to welcome Marianne Dill, our Pet Place book reviewer, back to the show. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning, Marie. And you just have a couple of books for us this morning, but they look like they're really good. So let's start out with Angel in a Fur Coat. All right. This is the one we didn't get to last time. Oh, good. I'm glad you brought it back. Yes. This is by Cynthia L. Newton. She writes books for kids, and this one's maybe a little older than small kids. I've read, in fact, I just read one of hers this morning that could be for pretty much all ages that I'll be reviewing next time. Okay. It's published by St. Martin's Press. It's twenty four ninety nine, but it's also available for e-readers much cheaper at Amazon. I think oh, I paid okay. four ninety nine for it. Well, and that's really nice if you have a tablet and you read to your kids with your tablet. That way they can see the pictures and sit Ab- close to you, just like you're reading a regular book. Yep, absolutely. And it also, since kids are so into tablets and electronics, helps them learn that something good you can do with them is read books. Definitely. (laughs) We'd like to keep that tradition going, even if it's in a slightly different form. Sure, I don't have a problem with that. No, reading is good no matter how you do it. Yep. 
So let's talk about the book. All right. Well, it's funny because, you know, speaking of electronics, social social media just permeates our lives now, and Facebook (laughs) is how I found out about this book. Oh, okay. I have a, you know, I rescue Pekingese. I rescue other breeds, but I seem to end up with an awful lot of peaks, and so I have a lot of peak friends on Facebook, and one of them mentioned this book. And it is the story of an angel who really wants to go back to Earth as a dog. Oh, well, I would like to come back to Earth as as a dog or a cat, but as long as I get to have a real good home. Yes, exactly. I sort of <laughs> like to pick who I get to go with or at least the type of person I get right. to spend my life with. Okay. So does uh, she get her wish? So, yes, she does. She has to go through all kinds of education first. Her name is Sparky. And there's something special about Sparky. She has a pink feather, and no one can quite understand where this feather came from or why Sparky has it. And we don't find out in this book, but I have a sneaking suspicion we find out in the sequel, which is called Legend of the Pink Toe. Ah, okay. (laughs) So Sparky has to go to school and learn all about different kinds of dogs and what they do, guard dogs, assistance dogs, therapy dogs. And probably the most important, the dogs who exist simply to teach their owners how to love and care for someone else, although simply really isn't a good adjective for that. I think Mm -hmm. it's a very important task. Yes, definitely. So it's a really sweet little story, and she has angel friends who are also going to be dogs, and they determine how they're going to meet on Earth, and that show, I think, has something to do with it. Okay, okay. And uh, the bottom line of the story is that dogs really are angels in fur coats, not that any of us who have them need to be told that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they've helped our lives in many, many ways, and they continue to do that all along. And I found it especially appealing because I do love my peaks. And so, so Sparky is a Pekingese? Sparky is a Pekingese, yes. Wow. Yes. So we learn all about her life as a peak in the second book, and uh, I'll be bringing that one back, too, as soon as I read that. So how many pages is You said it's for older kids who well, might be able to read. Is it is it a long book? No, I would say it took me about half an hour okay. to read the entire thing. I did it in a couple of sittings, and, um, you know, Preteen readers certainly could read through this. It's also a book that parents could read to their kids. Um, really small kids, maybe pre-kindergarten, wouldn't get a lot of it because, you know, if you haven't introduced that whole concept of heaven and earth and afterlife and all of that, then uh-huh. it might be a little confusing. Okay. Um, but if they know the concept of angels and, you know, guardians who watch over us, then it might not be. Oh, cool. Well, it sounds like lots of fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Well, your next book is called The Power of Pause, Reflections on a Life with Dogs. And like Angel in a Fur Coat, this one also talks a lot about how dogs are helpmates and saviors and teachers. Uh, Gary Schreiber, Schieber, I'm sorry, the author, um, writes about all of the many dogs he shared his life with, from Rusty, the stray that his family took in when he was a boy, to all the different dogs he came across in his life. He spends part of his life working at the Helen Woodward Center as a humane educator. Oh, nice. And uh, interestingly talks in one chapter about how he came to realize just how 
bad a situation it was for the dogs that were being dropped off at the shelters and mentions that he had come close at one point to doing exactly that with one of his dogs oh. because it wasn't the perfect dog. Wow. But uh, he didn't, and he winds up spending an awful lot of time with the dogs there and helping them and just doing what I wish more people would do when they meet dogs that don't know them, just sitting and letting the dogs get used to him in their own time and come to him and realize that he's not a threat, that he's actually someone there to help them. Mm-hmm. And he does a very interesting thing teaching. He's teaching preschoolers, or not, excuse me, um, pre-high schoolers, junior okay. high kids, about humane education, and he wanted to come up with a really important lesson for them. So he brought them in, and he blindfolded them, and he put each of them, the, the runs were all empty, the dog runs, because the dogs were out having exercise. And they oh. each went in a run, uh-huh. and he had them sit there, and because of the way the runs were situation, situated, the only way they could see was forward toward the other runs or outside. And he went and walked around, and he acted like a typical adopter, spent a little time outside maybe talking to one of the kids, and then walked away, completely ignored others. <gasps> and one of the kids said to him afterward. You know, Mr. Sheeper, why did you just walk by and ignore me? And he said, well, now you know what it feels like to be a pit bull. <laughs> oh, wow. And, That's um, a great lesson. Yeah, it was It was very interesting. And, uh, you know, nothing like empathy uh-huh. to make you understand. And his goal was, you know, to hope that he could instill in these kids something that would prevent them from being dumpers later in life. Oh, gosh. You know, and, and every child that you can reach, makes a difference. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so glad that he does this. And and I would hope that more people who are listening, who are thinking about volunteering, or just have people in their lives that they can sort of spread the news to about what it means to be a responsible owner and and the tragic story of all of these animals who are dumped every year. I mean, if people would just talk about it yeah. and not be afraid to bring it up. I know it's hard to bring up sensitive. I mean, this is sort of like politics and religion to some people, mm-hmm. and it's hard to bring those things up, but you really have to to make a difference. Well, and the one I, I wish more and more people would talk about and understand that you can do something about is older people who have animals, and they go into a facility or they're being cared for at home, but because of dementia, Alzheimer's, um whatever disease they can no longer care for their pets and or to assume that the family is still going to do that isn't really fair no no it's not and provisions need to be made so Mm -hmm. we can ensure that our animals are well taken care of after we go and and we talk about this as much as possible Talk to the person who you're expecting to take your pet and make sure they're on the same page with you. Absolutely. <laughs> Even Absolutely. if it's a son or a daughter who you think will do anything for you. And that's often the case where it doesn't happen. Exactly. You know. So make sure everybody is in line with your ideas for what will happen in case. Of, and that goes for young people, too, because... You know, those acne anvils fall out of the sky all the time mm-hmm. and uh, in the form of car crashes or who knows what. So That's correct. Be prepared and make sure your pets are going to be taken care of. Absolutely. You can leave money in a will for someone to have so that they can afford to take care of your animals. Definitely. But you brought up a good point about kids. And, and one thing that I did when I was a kid 
was I had an elderly neighbor who had a dog that she loved, but she was getting on in years. She was close to 90, and she could not take the dog out for walks, and she had difficulty doing, you know, general grooming and that sort of thing. And I just went over every single day and took that dog out for her and, and cleaned him up and cleaned up their yard. And that way she could still have her companion animal. And I had a lot of fun with our dog, too. Yes. And and that's just a real nice thing that, that young people can do for their senior citizen neighbors who are and, wanting to keep their pets. And it's actually a really good way if you are the parent of children who want a dog this might be a way to help your children understand the responsibility involved. Exactly. Without your having to bring a dog into the home who may end up having to be taken back to a rescue or a shelter mm-hmm. because it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And also, there are so many benefits of a senior person hanging on to their pet and not having to give it up. That that bond, that companionship, that ability to take care of another living thing, It. it adds so much to somebody's life, especially if they're alone. And if they can keep that animal longer because of what you can do to help them, I can't recommend doing that enough. No, and it will keep their life more meaningful. Definitely, definitely. Uh, ab- absolutely. Well, Marianne, I thank you for reviewing a new batch of books for us, and you're always a pleasure to speak with, and I hope you have a great day today. You too, Marie. Well, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, it's time for Pet Place News and Events, so stay tuned. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. On Sunday, March 16th, from noon to 4 p.m., visit cats and kittens that are available for adoption from Orange County Small Paws at two locations, Petco in Irvine and Petco in Huntington Beach. For more information, visit www.ocsmallpaws.webs.com. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. (laughs) 